unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Okay, whenever I start out these episodes, I start them out the same way every time. I just say, hello, world, and then everybody gets angry at me. So, so I'm going to try and just... Luke was already angry. This, this is... What are you doing? Dang it, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't please everybody. No. I can't do it. We've got Nathan with us today. Nathan lives in the Bay Area with his wife. He works in finance, yep. which sounds um, not very exciting to me, but awfully important because I know nothing about finance and I'm probably going to pay for it, no pun intended, in my future. <laughs> but that's not the most interesting thing about you for this episode, the fact that you do finance. It's your amazing brain and your opinions, and you're going to share some stuff with us on this episode. Yeah, I mean... What I have to share is definitely my opinion. It's, uh, I feel like it's gospel-based, but it's just, just a different perspective on some issues that have gone around in people's minds, and I think it would add a lot of value. So, so just to set you up here, a lot of people, uh, a lot of faith crises in the church have to do with, uh, you know, contradictions of beliefs, or, or they'll dig up, you know, old quotes from past church leaders, and they'll say, well, Brigham Young said this, but we don't believe that. We believe this. But he was a prophet, so, so we've got these contradictory statements. What do we do with that? Like, why would God allow these kind of errors or contradictions in the true church, you know? Yeah. So what do you do with that? Yeah, that's a great question. So in my opinion, kind of the basis and the reason why God allows for contradictions to exist within his church, because... I mean, like you said, I mean, whether you're in the church right now and you're thinking, why would God allow for some facts to not totally mesh together? Only works if all the little cogs mesh together. Or why would God allow uh, for there to be contradiction in his true church? I mean, doesn't God love us? Aren't we his children? Why would he allow us to have such a confusing environment and confusing facts in order to base our faith? But that's just it. Um, Christ, when he taught while he was on earth, he didn't just give the answers to all the questions in an easy, spoon-fed kind of way. He gave his teachings quite often in parables um, and in metaphors. And when his apostles asked him, why do you teach in parables? He said, because, essentially he said that because he wanted the people who were willing and wanting to learn to be able to understand, but those who were not willing to dig in further and learn more and be true disciples in both deed and in heart to be the ones who could learn. So he gave it to them in kind of a complex form, a form in which you had to go and study and learn and ponder before you can understand their parable. So, so maybe you'd say, like, we know that opposition in all things is extremely important to God. Yeah. So... Maybe, and it sounds like Christ kind of left room for, you know, opposition in his parables. It wasn't totally plain, yeah. and, and he used that opposition or that lack of understanding as a catalyst to push them to learn for themselves. So are you kind of suggesting that God leaves room for opposition even within his church 
So we kind of can take that and use it as a catalyst to find the truth for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm -hmm. when Christ taught in parables, there was broad swaths of people who would just walk away and not bother to learn more because the people at the time were so used to the laws being very straightforward. Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. But when Christ came and started teaching in kind of a complex way, they just wanted to walk and say, walk away and say, okay, that's, I don't understand that. That's too complex. I'm not going to read into it further. The people who were willing to understand would not understand that first either. And they would think, okay, I don't understand what Christ is saying, but I feel it is important. So I'm going to look into it more. And you really build a good foundation of faith when you do that. Yeah. Also though, it's, it's interesting because how far do you take it, right? So let's say if someone's like, yeah, I don't think there should be any contradictions in the scriptures. Um, I don't think there should be anything inaccurate in the scriptures. There should be no really any opinion in the scriptures that isn't completely true. So the prophets need to be completely right. Let's just, all the scriptures need to be perfect. You know what? All the church leaders need to be perfect. You know, the whole church needs to be perfect. Well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! I guess I forgot that you never ever make a mistake! Well, if everything was perfect, there's no need for faith and there's no need to be here. So, I mean, you just take that. And there's, there's obviously the also step. the other end of the spectrum. Like, obviously, you can't mm -hmm. have everything be a contradiction or everything be yeah. wrong as well. So it's about kind of finding that balance. It's about using faith. And the spirit. Yes, you have to go by the spirit. Well, it's amazing how people, the spirit's incredibly important, right? The third part of the Godhead but, like, no, like, I feel like in all of Christianity, people ignore the Spirit a lot. You know, it's like no one wants to exercise the Holy Spirit who is so important. It's like, oh, I, I'll figure everything out myself. I got it all figured out. You don't need to go by your emotions or anything like that. You can just objectively know everything about the gospel, and you just can't. We have to be willing to accept that there are things we're not going to understand. Um, just for, this is an example. Uh, if you guys follow pop culture like I do, uh, last week, a very famous YouTuber, it's going to connect, don't worry, it's going to connect, a very famous YouTuber named James Charles got put on blast. This is going to come out in a couple months, so it's going to be old news, but just, you, you get the point. He went put on blast, right? Everyone's bashing, everyone's attacking the guy, and then more information comes out, and then everyone changes their minds, right? So people form their opinions People act on those opinions. People say, this is what the facts are. We know what is true about a thing that happened like four days ago. And then they find out they're wrong and they completely change it. So let's take that and make it actually something that's important and then make it like a couple thousand years old and then translate it through a couple languages. And you think you're expecting perfection. and We can't even get what's perfect right what happened a week ago. There's a lot of things in this world where we are expected to make quick decisions and quick judgments and quick opinions of things because the world in which we live with so much information, people want to pose that as just something that's very easily digestible. They want to pose things to you as facts and they want you to intake it and believe it as quickly as possible. And I mean, that's what you'll see quite often on social media, whether you see an article posted that uh, is bring up unsavory points or contradictory points within the church or the church's history. The reason why those are outputted and the reason why they're phrased the way that they are is such that people can quickly look at them and make quick judgments mm -hmm. that will make you start to question your faith. However, like you talked about with Catalyst, that's the perfect moment in which maybe you see those types of things pop up. That's the perfect moment for you to realize, 
I don't understand everything. I want to understand more. And that's okay. It's okay that there are contradictions. It's okay that there are unsavory parts of church history so that we could go and learn and be true believers, not only in deed, but in heart. Well, a lot of times what we, we've assumed to be contradictions are not contradictions. So oftentimes yeah. there are things we go, oh, I don't think this makes sense. But with further study, you find out that it does connect. But oftentimes the truth that the scriptures or the gospel brings are in opposition to a presupposition that you have. So if you just presuppose that something is one way, oftentimes it's just that which is not true. Oh, yeah, like prophets are perfect. And then something oh, yeah. contradictory comes along and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, you go, okay, Brigham Young said this. Well, he can't be a true prophet because he's always supposed to be right. Well, why did you assume he's always supposed to be right? I don't know. Well, that's the first mistake, right? If you just have this presupposition that you just inherited from maybe some guy five years ago or something that someone told you, sometimes you have to do away with that. You just have to say, okay, this is the reality of a prophet. This is who they are. Um, whether it's Paul talking about women or... Um, or Peter cutting people's ears Peter off. Peter cutting people's ears off. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of crazy stuff, right? But do not hold them to a level where they have to be infallible and understand that there are there is nuance in the search for eternal truth it's not going to be handed to you with you know buttered bread and a lemonade it's going to be tough and that's the way it's supposed to be speaking yeah. of bread the bread of life let's go back to christ here for a second for an example oh, i thought you meant grandma sycamore no no. Definitely not Wonder Bread. Let's be real. That's no, not, not Wonder Bread either. But, like, if you look at Christ, he purposefully did things that did not make sense. Yeah. Yes. Because I don't know if this is news to anyone, but scientifically, people cannot walk on water. Like, that's not a thing. Yes. Nor can they turn water into wine. They can't multiply fishes and bread. Like, Christ did these things to show, look, I can do the things that you didn't think could be done. And that's okay. Like, we don't have to, you know, that's what... Uh, he did those things on purpose. If those things actually happened, if those things were on purpose, then the purpose of those things is to help us have faith in, you know, things that maybe science can't always prove for us. I think, yeah, a great example is the way the Book of Mormon was translated. Or, or even with, with, uh, with Aaron and his staff, a stick, right? You got mm -hmm. Joseph with rocks, you got Aaron with a stick, None of it makes any sense. And God's like, that's the point. I'm going to use rocks and a stick to do something amazing. There are those people that, like, follow Christ around because he's given them bread and fish. and But, like, at some point you have to draw a line in the sand and figure out why you're there. I mean, many of the people who were following around just for bread and fish were the people who were yelling crucify him at the end. Mm -hmm. It's the people God really wants to find the true believers who will be willing to act upon the word despite the contradictions. On my mission, I remember a time where I, I went on a mission in Taiwan and we had found an individual who was a previously a member of the church in the United States, had moved over there and said that there was just so many contradictions in the church that he couldn't believe it anymore or facts about the church in the church's history that he didn't before know, um, but didn't take the time to fully understand. And he posed these those things to me, and at first I didn't know either. I didn't have the answers. But what had that caused me to do is it acted as a catalyst for me to go, you know, I need to look into these things a little bit more and understand with the basis of faith 
with me having faith that the Book of Mormon is the word of God because I felt the Spirit testify of it. With that basis of faith, going and studying and learning more, and I got the answers later in religion classes and, and in my own personal study, and it built a greater level of faith. Essentially, you have to think, well, what's the... If Christ wanted contradiction in his church, well, what would be the opposite? That would be him spoon-feeding every one of us the information that we would uh, want and need in order to believe in him. And if that was the case, you'd get essentially a bunch of half-assed Mormons. Yeah. Well, Nathan, thank you for coming on this show. Uh, we really appreciate your insights. Comment below. Give us your thoughts about this. If you want some entrepreneurial advice, follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Nathan there Ricks. There we go. All right. Like, comment, subscribe. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.